ladies and gentlemen, I don't remember the number of this episode, but it will be numbered when it gets downloaded. Mark Morell, Dietrich Davis, Wrestles with Experience. Um, the song I'm going to give to you is by Run the Jewels. Call Ticketron. That's called Ticketron. The song is actually called Call Ticketron from Run the Jewels 3, the album. First of all, that shit is kind of dope. I like the fact that they um, sampled the fucking uh, Ken Resnick. <laughs> if I made you laugh and told you that he don't use samples, everything's built from scratch, that's one of the most dangerous white boys in hip-hop. Oh. Right here from Atlantic Avenue. Okay, okay, he, okay. He's a scratch builder mm. from scratch one of the rare fuse who does it does this in this game all right don't let him hear you say that hey listen <laughs> i mean I, like i i heard and what i heard is what i heard yeah. but you know what Are you telling me what it is yeah, hey, yeah, fuck yeah. It. but you know he's, what he's it's dope good. that's he's, dope he's good i need he's, i need that in my life yeah it's called run the jewels run the jewels all right um killer mike obviously you know who he of is of course yeah, one, yeah one of the biggest from outcast um, uh good, um AT Aliens, Goody Mob, Dragon Family. He wasn't an outcast. He's down with them. Yeah, he's in their circle of people, but the group he came from, it was Goody Mob. Yeah, it was, yeah, AT Aliens, all of them. Yeah, but no, I don't, because he, he gets real specific on what group he's from. You ever, I don't know if you ever listened to Killer Mike speak. Um, no, I've heard the brother speak. Um, he's he was on, very specific. He was on a, um, what was that goddamn movie that um, Outcast did? Stink on you. Not that, st- I know that, that far, that, like, yeah, he's nineteen twenties time period. Yeah, film. they're on. He's on there. He's on the single for the soundtrack, which was yeah. the first single on that. I, that's how I got to know about Killer Mike. Yeah, so this is how he had, is run the Jews, obviously, and the Dungeon Family. Right, that's what everything. And yeah, that's th- those are his two people. Everyone else he's associated with is Bun B, DJ Shadow, Logic, Pastor Troy, Pill, Saint Jones, and Yellow Wolf. Mm-hmm. Everything else that's he he he's very for whatever reason that's how he yeah. This ain't Wikipedia either, people. I don't trust him. Wikipedia is great, but not all that great. Anyway, so moving forward, off camera we were talking about um, off mic. This is the episode we're going to be talking about Dean Ambrose. We're not going to spend much time right. on it because it's a very clear shot. We're just going to go over a few key points. But we were talking about television, and you were saying you was asking a specific question. The question I asked was right because we we're talking about, about Monday nights. About Monday, Monday nights. nights. We're talking about about um, all elite wrestling, and we're talking about. Um, their transition when they get on the TNT, um, 
how they already got a, 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 TV a trademark and all this stuff. They got their TV show and everything. It's not Tuesday Night Dynamite like everyone expected. The name that was that was never an official release name. That was an internet name. And I think a lot of people getting a lot of bad internet news is coming out when you talk what about I, what this. I find what I find messed up about is and this is what and you were telling me about this my my deal is this right mm-hmm. because everyone is now in this train of thought like okay well now this new wrestling war is going to take place I don't think it, you know Cody when you hit that chair when he hit that chair even though yes we're going to be talking about um Dean Ambrose, mm-hmm. a.k.a. John Moxley. When you hit that chair and then you say, we want to compete, you just said we want war. So it's no longer people speculating about war. You acknowledged war. We want to compete. Death to the attitude. We killed the attitude era. Again, like I said, we said in the last episode a few days ago, you can't kill something that's already been dead. That's already been dead, and they laid it out to pasture themselves. We've had the, we had the the, the the ruthless aggression and the reality era, which mm-hmm. Triple H had coined many years ago that didn't stick to it. Um, and you know, this is what we we're sitting in the, the WWE reality area. So my thing is, is era. that <clears throat> looking at WCW competing mm-hmm. and of course, we all know what happened with that. Mm-hmm. Looking at how um, Impact tried to do it, and it didn't work. Impact did it. The problem, you know, what the problem was? It was Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, mm-hmm. and you've already lost. So, what makes you think you can win again? You lost the war. Mm-hmm. You guys won a thousand battles, but the war you lost. Right. So you put two old generals that had a whole army shot to death back up and at the front lines your tactics does not work anymore so now what's to say the same thing won't happen already wcw, WCW with AEW. aew is already in a wcw position unfortunately you hiring all your friends you're not hi- you're hiring people who are talented let mm-hmm. me not take that away but you're hiring your friends you're hiring this and we're just in a situation where unfortunately you went to tnt and You've already branded yourself for war. You're now acknowledging war. Tuesday night is football night in America. Vince pushed it aside. This is how powerful Vince was. He knocked, remember, it was Monday night football. They just started getting back Monday night football. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He was knocking them the fuck down. So you got to also remember, the owner's son owns a team called the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. who play on Tuesday nights in the Midwest, in the South. Okay. What are you going to do? Put the games on at 6? Eight I o'clock. See, I don't see that happening. I don't see that I really, happening. I really don't. I but see I'm, them, I'm, my I'm, personal opinion, mm-hmm. I see them going to a Monday night. Not because of competition, because they're right now, they have more of a chance of getting a 1.7 or a 2 point versus any any time else. Why? Because channel switching is heavy. And mm-hmm. as long as they don't run their commercials in sync with the USA Network, they can start pulling in major ratings. So okay. this is what I'm looking at. If I'm in business strategy mm-hmm. and you sat me down, I would say go to Monday nights, do not compete just run it on Monday nights and give people an option because what's going to happen is someone's going to leave WWE and end up on an AWE 
television, AEW television, mm-hmm. and that's going to spark. So what if Randy does leave, and Randy, which is already the word, mm-hmm. this is not me speculating, this is me talking straight from horses' mouths. What if Randy Orton showed up on AEW that would, television? That would boost viewership because people will, Randy Orton fans will follow Randy Orton. What if he was on a pay-per-view for the E on a Sunday, and then all of a sudden on a Monday night, Randy Orton comes out on AEW television. What if Randy Orton became AEW champion? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you look at it, do you wait a whole Monday for burial or do you wait where you can catch them raw? No pun intended. <coughs> WWE is already preparing by taking the third hour of raw and making it kind of like the war zone again. Mm-hmm. With the whole black letter, the red lettering in the black background, and saying anything can happen on the ten o'clock hour. Now we're going to get a little bit more aggressive. Remember, McFoley said that. Yeah, I remember that. That might be in preparation of knowing that if they're going to be on from eight to ten, then we got one hour to capitalize on the overrun. Okay, you get what I'm saying. So this is, and again, let me I, take I'm, this from speculation. Okay, but I know that Randy. Wants to fucking leave. Okay. And I know that Randy, what if he shows up in AEW? That would boost the fucking company. That's not I, even talked about I, right I'm, now. I'm yet. just saying for me, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like looking at look looking at certain things, I'm like, yo, if y'all just getting out the gate, I wouldn't do the Monday night thing. But I mean it's it's I TV, get what you're saying there. You know, I get what you're saying it's, there. It's T V and all, but this if this is how it's gonna work and how it has to work, then so be it. Right, yeah. And I don't think they're going out the gate to compete. If you go, this is how I'm looking at it. Going to Monday night is not competition. You get what I'm saying? Going to Monday night is brand awareness. Okay. People already associate wrestling with Monday night. Right, right. It's been like that for 40, 30 something years, Mm -hmm. going on 30 years. So, with that being said, if you want to create, you release a podcast, right? Mm hmm. You go to iTunes. Right. You put your podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Where's all the other podcasts at? On iTunes. Yep. On Google Play. Mm-hmm. Where these part where this podcast can be found. So when you got when you exactly. got all of that, <laughs> and you sit back and you think about that, it's brand awareness. Right. There's a thousand podcasts that come out every day of the week. Sure does. And sure you got to remember, this is a TV show. There's a thousand eight o'clock shows. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple of hundred eight o'clock shows. There's a couple of hundred ten o'clock shows. So if you want to create brand awareness. Let me tell you how nostalgia TNT was. They even put the WCW fire in the background. Wow. Think about that. That's the Nitro fire. Mm-hmm. They're consi- so again, they're using brand, former brand awareness to create, former branding to create current day brand awareness. All right. All right, so you know I'm, I'm you at- You understand where I'm going yeah. at with this? So it's not necessarily- if I was in control, not in control, but if I was in that team and I said, hey, let's go to Monday nights. It's not going to Monday nights to compete. Let's go to Monday nights for the brand awareness. WWE has already built, have built in audiences going in there. Mm-hmm. There are people who automatically change the station. What if, the, and, and most of the stations are in sequence of each other. Mm-hmm. What if they run one number down? So we're on... The Cablevision Network, for people who don't know, I'm turning on the TV screen. Let me mute the TV because I want to show how programming, people don't realize uh, sequence programming. So 
back in the day, cable networks used to be all over the place. Yep. Right? So let's say you go to, um, yeah, that's the one I was heading to. I don't know why I went the long way. So let's suppose you had to, uh, I was watching this Muhammad Ali thing. I, ne- I didn't even get past the first five minutes. So the USA Network in New York City is on channel 38 on Cablevision. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's go one channel down. What's that? That's uh, TNT. That's the network they're going to be on. Mm-hmm. So, if the USA Network is one up, the live show is going, and when they go to commercial, you click one number down, and you got TNT. Okay. You get what I'm saying? You're not even telling people to hit a favorite button, a back button. You're telling them to go one number down. Now, let's give you another example of television program. You go to Channel 52, right? This is all Viacom now. Mm-hmm. Varsity Blues. MTV is at a commercial right now because VH1 is at a commercial. Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody's Now they just came back from a commercial. Let's go to BET. Everybody's at a commercial on all Viacom of the Viacom systems. networks. Right. Except for them. You get what I'm saying? Right. So when you sit back and you look at that, they might have just came back from a commercial. So what if everyone's in sequence 30 seconds from each other? But the one behind the other isn't. Right. Why? Because they're not Viacom networks. So now you go you go here. Keep it with Kardashians. Everybody's on commercial. All of these networks are in sequence of each other when they work with each other. But now you got NBC Universal, a.k.a. the USA Network. And then, which, which is playing a live show, then when these guys go to commercial, they can go over here. So if you're branding correctly, it's not about competition. It's being in the right place at, at the, the right, right time. time. If you're, if you're, how many times have we seen Wendy's right across the street from McDonald's? All the damn time. Or Burger King right All across the, the street. All the you time. You get what I'm saying? So time. when you pull in, you're traveling throughout the United States and that bus pulls into a stop, it's the same five places. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no different than putting, selling Dessini water next to Poland Spring. Right. So I use that as an example to give that. And look, TNT, where are they playing right now? Soccer. Mm-hmm. Bleacher Report, live. Already we're seeing the branding of how they're going to pump wrestling. Right. They go to Bleacher Report, live, the Bleacher Report logo. Look, sports presentation, just like they did Jim Ross and them. Mm-hmm. From the corner, on an angle, just like a fucking stadium. I can dig it. So you understand where yeah. the TNT brand is going. They're still so it's really TNT competing with Fox because Fox is going for this same sports feel. Right. So when you have this and you have that going on, we know the TNT symbol is gonna go on the top right hand corner. We know the Bleacher Report Live symbol is gonna, gonna go on the there. TNT right right hand corner. For people who don't have cable, they can watch it live on the Bleacher Report. But mm-hmm. you can't watch the USA Network live on the, on on an app, right? So understand where I'm saying Monday night is the scientific right place for them to go for wrestling. Okay. It would be a mistake if they were to be on Tuesday on okay on a Thursday or and right. even if they did move shit around. SmackDown is no longer on Tuesday, and mm-hmm. they know that's moving to a Friday. Let's right. pull an audible. Now remember the USA Network don't play sports, right? 
So you understand? I don't. Let me know if I sound crazy. No, you're right. Or I'm you're breaking right. this I, down. No, you're breaking it down. And good. I'm breaking this down from understand. Look, even the microphones, Bleacher Report, mm-hmm. TNT. Yeah, then it'll be AEW. All of these yeah. things that are going to make a big difference. And they set Jim Ross and the network said, "This is what we want Jim Ross and them to sit. This is where they're going to look. This is this." Obviously, they had the insight. Yes, yeah. all of their sports shows look run just like this. Just like this. I got you. So let's talk about Dean. Yeah, let's so talk moving about, forward. Yeah, oh, excuse yeah, me. I don't mean to abruptly. Yeah. We don't mean to abruptly bring it to the end, but this was the conversation me and Mark was right. having. And now let's get into the part of the podcast where Dean Ambrose was on Talk Is Jericho. Right. And he's talking his post WWE. This is his first interview post WWE. And he literally just came off of the high volume of talking about being a part of AEW for the first time and right. feeling free. Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke, in my opinion, from a very unbiased, no longer angry at the company person. He understands what happens, happens, and he's cool with it. What is one of the things you think stood out in the interview? Uh, the fact that um, he talked about the simplistic living of things that he's doing in his life. Right, just... Cars paid off. Mom's you know, home is paid off, and him and his girl could jump in an RV at any he's time. He's not about. He's not about the money. He was never about money, and he's even, he was even saying that before he left. Like this thing is not about cash because if it's about cash, you're 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 only just doing it just for the cash. Right. There's no passion into it. He's happy at the fact that he met his wife there. All of his good friends are there, but he also wants to show folks that there is life outside of the bubble. You know, I'm not a cash person, but you will pay me my value. Right. And that's where I disagree with Dean Ambrose is. But opinions of how you live life mm-hmm. is, com- is is only right to the individual. So I'm never going to judge him mm-hmm. on that. One thing that stood out to me before we get into the further details, which was I don't think it was smart for him to say. Him saying that he filmed the vignette for Double or Nothing during his time on injury with WWE. No, he and did that on days off. Days did he have time he said he was also working out something. Oh, he got a new trainer and it was starting over from scratch. That's right. what he was saying. Whether he did it on days off, he, I'll go back or whether he did cuz there was a, there was another injury that was nagging him and he had the time. He had like a month. I think it was the 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 shoulder injury, the pectoral injury or whatever. It was something. But the point I'm trying to make is you film this vignette. My man Anybody in standards and practices will tell you. The definition is called torturous interference. And some people have never heard of that term before. I sure as hell never heard of that. And you broke it down to me about that. Right. As to what it was. And torturous interference is when you purposely do something in hurt of the other company and value or this, that, and the other. I'm pretty sure you're looking it up right now. Yeah. Get a firm definition. About to do that right now. When you get hit with torturance interference, that means you are violating. Because I was looking, I was looking for that definition. Yeah, just type in torturous interference legal definition, and you'll get it right up and down. It's a it's used a lot in those offices when you sit around them. You mm-hmm. worked for a law firm for twenty years. Doesn't matter what position you worked in, you worked in one. Um, and a lot of lawyers don't hear that term too much anyway. No. But the legal definition is called torturous interference. And you film that while being paid for the WWE, while working for the WWE, while under contract with under, yeah, from the WWE I, with every intention. Got it. You got So what is the definition that you found? Also there? known as intentional interference, 
with contractual relations in the common law of torts occur when someone intentionally damages someone else's intellectual or, or contractual business relationships with a third party. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was looking for this shit. I'm like, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, so because I couldn't re- remember it. I was on the I was on the Long Island coming from work. Right, and right, I was, right. And, and it hit like, you on the like, head. What the fuck is this? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, listen. And and in my years working in the, in in legal. I was a pencil pusher. I, I I fucking gave people their supplies. That's that's all they did. Right. But I was giving you more credit than that. Thank you. But I'm 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 humble, and I appreciate it. But while I was pushing pencils, you know, I I, I did pick up some things, but I never heard that before. It's and a this very is some- rare term, but that mm-hmm. is one hundred percent what mm-hmm. he did. Is torturous, and inter- I know some lawyers would be like, "What the fuck is torturous interference?" And it's used a lot in entertainment. Oh, I okay. remember the day when Jay Z, and this is not even talked about, when when Birdman, when Jay Z was about to sign Little Wayne, when he was running around those Universal buildings, yeah, and the word was, "Yo, Birdman, call Jay up and say, yo, young blood, I'm gonna hit you with that torturous interference. Mm-hmm. You trying to sign my artist off my label? Torturous interference. You f- you filmed a vignette." To promote competition and another wrestling company's branding, which is against the rules of your contract. Okay. And then you film it with intent to go there. So as you're closing out, mind you, the video was out by the time, if I'm correct, they was doing the last show. And it it was released... At midnight, the, at the at the at the stroke of midnight, when this contract was over with, right. But still, <clears throat> if there's a ninety day non complete compete clause, they didn't put a they didn't give them they didn't give them that. I guarantee it was in there. They just chose not to. Oh, they they okay. It's, they it's they, every, they overlooked the shit, but they didn't they didn't hit him with it. It's in everybody's contract. Okay, it's in everybody's contract since nineteen ninety nine. Right, but and I so, guess but I guess whatever it was. If they want to, they can still play that game. Yeah. You know, so he that was my big thing, and I think he should have kept that close to the chest. It's his freedom to talk about. If I was his lawyer or if I knew it was uh, any illegal representation was around him, I was like, whatever you do, do not mention that. Because not only did you film one, you filmed two. And you filmed one for New Japan on WWE's fucking product time. Yeah, but it was also... When he, he was off, when he was not at work, and out of his own pocket, you're for, you're always in representation of the company when contracted by the company. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a great example. Talent is at loan of a lender. Parentheses WWE at all times, right? And represents the company. They did not give him a letter of indemnification that whatever he does does not hurt the company. It's another legal definition for you guys. Okay. That whatever he does does not hurt the company. They can. It's a lot of things getting brought up. So not only did you film for us, you filmed for New Japan. Right. You did it on my. You could say, yeah, he was on his day off. Yeah, you represented but, WWE twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. They can call you at any time to do anything. You are always on call at loan. To lender. Mm-hmm. That is the terminology used in the contract. 
Me and Mark will explain to yeah. you why that terminology is used in the later, later episodes when we talk over a WWE contract with a few other people. Um, so when you sit back and you look at that, when you sit back and process that, that's real fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit on that too much longer because we, we got time and Mark has to be somewhere. But um, I, he did expose, but that's just something for people to think about, research about, learn. He did expose, he did talk about the creative process. And um, he was not happy with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think... When you when you when you seen Dean Ambrose as a wrestler, what did you see him going? In your personal opinion, because I never even thought he should have become world champion. I didn't see that either. That and, looked and like it was forced, and that they was trying something because of his I, audience. I think it, yeah, because number one, he got over organically. Mm-hmm. Everyone was into Dean. Everyone was really into him. You know what I mean? And just by him becoming world champion, okay, that was great. So the Shield ended up becoming first guys to win damn near everything, and they all became world champion. That's fine and good. And I thought that he did pretty good, but, you know, I really didn't see Dean as as, as the champion of the world either. Right. You know, especially the way that they were booking him in matches against... But in general, before the way he was booking him, did you ever see Dean becoming this WWE champion? Because he seemed like he was the most... For- Roman is the most force-fed. Roman's the most... For- but that was the most random feeding of a champion ever being I think created. Th- I think that Dean... Um, was a star. Mm-hmm. He had it. I, we talked about this on the phone. I think he definitely was is a star. He was definitely a star. He doesn't as, have an it factor, but he's a, definitely a, a star. As a world champion, um, was the belt too big for who he really was? Because that can happen. I don't. I don't necessarily because Kofi is not. Kofi is the champion, but he still seems more suited than Dean is to be champion. Dean, in all actuality. Was wasn't tailor made for WWE, and in or, general, or excuse me, John Moxley yeah. wasn't tailor made for WWE. But also, I don't think Dean Ambrose is tailor made to be anybody's heavyweight world champion. Because look at the character he's portraying in AEW. You could put that world title on him, but what if he falls into the same old bowl of soup? Okay, he falls into the white sunken place with that world title. If anybody's seen the movie. Um, get out get out what if he falls into that white sunken place because a lot of men with that world title fall into that white sunken place no matter where they went look at Lex Luger he damn sure that Vince Smart don't put that world title on him Mm -hmm. but even in WCW he wasn't a great world fucking champion but he was a great fucking talent right and you didn't argue when you saw Lex on the screen it's just when Lex got that fucking title he was like wait what when Mach Got the world title in both companies. It made sense. We, it made sense. March had an it factor. Hogan was only a good world champion in WWE. And only as the NWO leader was he a great world fucking champion. Mm-hmm. But they put them but they booked themselves into a fucking hole with Hogan as world champion because he had creative fucking control. Right. Hogan had to have the belt at every go around. Whenever he wanted, hey, brother, it doesn't work for me. However, they said, I shouldn't be saying it like that, whatever, but that, bad acting, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think do, Dean is going to be, book, he's already being booked strong in AEW. Right. What happens? What, what, what does the wrestling community say then when he falls under the same fucking bullshit and it really comes out that it's really just Dean? So now here's the deal, right? 
Dean's particular circumstance was the fact that he was around the two guys that the WWE pushed to the fucking moon. Seth and Roman. Still doesn't hurt the talent until they hurt themselves. Because, if anything, the most hurt wrestler in the business right now is Roman Reigns. How many world titles did you put on him that failed? How many times can you get booed out the building? Your fucking cousin held your hand and said, I'm going to let it go now because this doesn't work for me. They're booing. And then they just recently brought in his cousin. I'm talking about when The Rock. Yeah. And then they brought in another they, they cousin. They brought in another cousin on Monday. Uh, so, allegedly. Is that a real cousin or is it allegedly? Yes, a real. So you, they brought in another one. And no matter what, Roman is the most hurt wrestler in the business because Vince rode him. And again, I blame that on Roman for not saying, Vince, I might not be the guy right now. So my thing is this. If you keep pushing something and you keep protecting something that's not going to go over, then the person that you're putting in that spot to protect to a certain degree, you should let them do what they do naturally and organically. My deal with De- my deal with Dean mm-hmm. was just basically that. No matter what he even tried to do to help Roman look good, because that's basically what his position was, it was to make Roman look good. They all were. It just didn't work. Right. My only thing now is, as John Moxley, now you ask... What is he gonna do once when 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 the when the hype drops and now we have to look at him as a we got we now gotta see if he's worth the price of admission right because the John Moxley that people knew of mm-hmm. before he signed with FCW before he signed his developmental deal with the WWE right before they went to the yeah NXT he was thing, that CZW he was the CZW trash. hardcore Wrestler, wrestled Homicide. He wrestled Nick Pondo, a uh, Nick Mondo, um, Necro Butcher. He wrestled all these different guys, mm-hmm. and he was making a name for himself. The thing that made him stand out to me before he even made it to the main roster was the promo he cut on Mick Foley. Right, before and that before that, and that fell that, short. Right, WrestleMania. I remember weekend, that. And they were like, okay, they were talking about writing them off and putting them in a the doghouse. For going at Foley like that, right? So, which was orchestrated, anyhow, right? And all that's them so now my thing messing is, with the audiences. So now my thing is, let's see what he does first before um, we expect the unex- we expect the expected, right? So, also we've seen this, and, I, and you're going to hear me say this a lot moving forward on this podcast. We've seen Dean Ambrose at this before in CZW. We've seen this John Moxley character before. We've seen it work. We know what doesn't work. He was over in CZW, but anybody with a steel chair was over in CZW. Mm-hmm. Anybody with, a, you know, it made me think. You get in there with Brock Lesnar and you want to use a bunch of chairs and kendo sticks and not use your wrestling ability. And then you wonder why Brock gets lazy on you and go, I'm not going to fucking let you just want to hit me with a bunch of shit. If you're a hardcore wrestler, what happens when the TNT company goes, we don't want that shit on our fucking TV. We're not we're okay with adult programming. We're not we're in okay with TV fourteen programming. We're not okay with this backyard excessive right bullshit that a thousand people in sensitive America are going to be writing fifty letters to us, two thousand tweets, and a fucking stream of memes for some senator in Wisconsin to create an uproar because 
this television station just became too real for the emotionally sensitive and psychologically protected emotional train of thought. Right. Well, but I'm not saying he can't do it because Dean Ambrose for the last nine years has been at the top mm-hmm. without any of that madness. Right. But so, what? But but we have to look at the factor is what if no matter what Dean Ambrose may not be that guy, but he is a star. Like I said, before we expect, be expected, mm-hmm. right? Let's see what he does inside the ring. What if we already seeing all that he can do? Because we've seen all his wrestling ability. Mm-hmm. We've seen all his matches. Mm-hmm. We've seen his variables. We saw it all already. Right. What new is there that Dean can truly bring? Only that the fact that he's calling himself John, John Moxley. Moxley. He's acting the same as the Dean Ambrose character, which was the same as the John Moxley character before it came to the WWE. Mm-hmm. So we've seen all of this before. We've literally seen everything. What what is there truly different? But than you the know fact what you said. Name change. But now, for the fans that want to see him in that different light, not a, not a microscope is on him. But now you're talking reinventing something he can't reinvent. Yeah, you can't wheel. you can't reinvent the wheel. But let's see what he does with this this level of create this level of creativity that's not handcuffed to him anymore. All right, so Mark, I need you to get off the fence. Where do you see Dean Ambrose going? Real talk. Dean's going to be a top player in AEW. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the man. Mm-hmm. I'll probably say number three after Jericho. Right. Number four after Cody. But Dean is going to be the man. I think he's going to be the star that he can be in, in um, AEW. I got a funny feeling. December is going to come around and we're going to hear Dean's not happy. And then... The new year is going to come around, and by the time they get to their third or when they get to their second all out, there's going to be a couple of issues with Dean that proves that Dean has got out his way. Now, Dean talked about not having hard, and I'm not going to hold you too much longer about horrible scripts and this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. Damian Sandow had an it factor. Mm -hmm. Tell me one angle he didn't get over. He had the Miz looking good. And that's saying a lot. And the Miz is a former WWE World Champion who retained his title at WrestleMania against John Cena, <laughs> which is a big. And that was big business. That was big, and that was big fucking business. They even had the Nas intro. You can hate me now. Mm-hmm. Fuck the Miz. Um, I say that so, with no respect. So, so now he did. He so now Sandow does this. And Sandow he, gets everything over, and he's been handed worse stuff than him. Mm-hmm. We talked off camera. Steve Austin has some of the worst storylines. But Steve Austin was so over. It didn't matter. It's just the fact that he got it over. The fans ate it up because it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And what happened when the fans go, same old shit. Now, Steve Austin was so over. Steve Austin has one of the most popular podcasts because he could make t- he could talk about taking a shit on his toilet sound like the greatest event of all time. He's mm-hmm. talking about taking a shit. Because at Steve Austin. He, and, and the difference <laughs> is an it factor. Yeah. So Damian Sandow who might have, if they didn't hold him back, could have been a great champion. Mm -hmm. He would have changed his body size, this, that, and the other. But when you look at Dean, of course, the same bad scripts that was written in 97 are the same bad scripts that was written in 87. The same bad scripts that was written in 2007 are the same bad scripts scripts that was written in 2017. 
the the face of how wrestling is presented on TV is not different. Okay, I he's just, just choosing not to accept the fact that he might not be. He might he might accord what his really his life really is. Hey, babe, let's jump in a Winnebago and travel the world. Maybe so, but I mean, let's be let's be frank. Would you want to put over Pooper Scooper? I would have did it in my own way. I would have did it. Okay. I would I'd argue Vince down. I said, I'm going to put this pooper scooper shit in, and then I want to put Vince's name in it. You got that pooper scooper of a boss, Vince McMahon, a living pooper scooper. You could have did anything. You you could have. It's enough. It's not the lingo. It's execution. Mm-hmm. We talked about this before. If you take um the movie Iron Man, and you put what's what, what's a horrible white comedian. Damn, that's pretty bad. You put David Spade. Okay, David Spade. Iron All right, bet, bet. And a David serious Spade. role, same script, same production. That movie, though, we don't get eleven. We don't get twenty-one. No, twenty-two. We don't get a universe. Marvel films. We don't get a universe. Thank you, Wesley Snipes. Thank you, John Farrow. We appreciate you. Thank you for your efforts. Um, same yeah, script. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, you get, yeah, you got to whip Miss and Wesley because he gets forgotten yeah, about in the mix of, of all of this. But I'm saying, like, I'm glad you mentioned David Spade because I couldn't think of a horrible. Well, I wasn't Caucasian thinking of a horrible comedian. comedian but, but let's I say mean, you take yeah. David Spade and you take Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Downey Jr. happened to be the right man in the right place. Well, that's the person you're gonna put up in there, right? And then sometimes someone else could have took that pooper scooper thing and made it they said oh the programs have been written they've been writing wrestling promos from front to back since the 80s everyone has acknowledged it mm-hmm. it comes down to the individual and then you earn your freedom to not follow a script Bret Hart followed a script word for word all, all the time the way, all the way to the end to the point where he said he wore glasses because he knew people would see his nervousness that was the purpose of the shades mm-hmm. smart he had an earpiece in his fucking ear he acknowledged, and he would make sure it would cover. That was the purpose of him wearing the leather jacket so they wouldn't see the wire up. So he's receiving cues, one of the greatest WWE champions of a generation. He's receiving cues from the back on how to uh, on cutting a promo. This is not new. It's just the player that's doing it. And I like Dean. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not hating on Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John. I'm going to start calling I mean, I mean, John Moxley. John Moxley. The Dean Ambrose character is dead. Jump unless he returns back to the E. Um, I do like the fact that he's acknowledging I did everything they asked. It did not work. Right. And because it did not work, I can no longer stay at this job. Mm-hmm. And he, any he, of us he, feel, he, a lot felt, of us feel like that. He felt he was getting complacent. He felt like he was getting sick. He didn't want to be there. I know what, I, you know what it's like to be at a spot where you, they don't appreciate I've turned you, down a ton of money, money before. Listen. I've I, turned down tons. I could tell you three times in my life, not just a contract with the E, three times in my life where I have turned down major fucking bread. Right. And it's documented. It's proven. And we're not talking, we're talking the, up to almost 500K at what times. And I just, I knew it. So I understand. This is why I have to respect right. what Dean Ambrose I, is talking about. I walked away from a secure law firm job. Right, even when you said, oh, uh, they're going to fire me. Mark, you was there. 24 years. They wasn't going to fire you. They wasn't, but. The fear is there, but they the, wasn't going to fire But at the stage of the downsizing, I knew that was coming. And eventually, that's a, the inevitable or, did happen. They, you know, At the firm, the downsizing did happen. 
Now, by me taking the chance to leave to get For to the profession money. that I that I got into, where right. I am right now, I'm putting my put my cards on the table. Ridiculed by everybody. I everybody. remember. I remember. I was the only person who told you, "Fuck that. Do what you, you know, got to do. The reset um, is worth it." With the exception of this man right here, and like my family members, I had my former family, my ex-wife, and shit. They all they was not all feeling it. Was like, oh, how could you leave? How could you leave? How could you leave? Well, here's the deal: peace of mind, happiness. That's, and that's what, what I Dean, wanted, and, and that's, that's what Dean got. And I have to agree with him on that. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes what's glit, what's what's they say the grass isn't always green on the other side. You know, you know, my grandma will say to that. You know why the grass is green on the other side, baby? Because the, because the dog shits in it and it and it's and it's fermenting the grass. It's right. a little bit higher, but when you walk over there, that's some shitty ass grass. Right. But now you can take that shit and you can shovel it, or shovel distribute it, it or and make put it, it what you and want. put it to work so that that grass can. Well, let me be ask green. you a question. Or well, not a question. I'm making a statement. Or they would have kept you there to this time. You would be there officially for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yes, Mark is not fifty years old. Don't get it twisted. He just was there since he was seventeen. Exactly. Um, you would have been there almost thirty years. Mm-hmm. Just to, what, what would be the time today? Thirty. It would have been thirty years. Literally, going going on, on 30. thirty years. Yeah. So you look at something for 30 four years, years ago. Twenty twenty. I'd have been going on thirty. Right. So you're going on the. You would have been going on the thirtieth year if you were still at at this law firm. Exactly. I'm not going to say the name, but the fact that the point I'm trying to make is, or they would have kept you. And you would have, for the same amount of pay, took it on ten times the amount of work. Exactly. You get, and that's the fucked up part. Taking on five or six people's jobs and not paying me worth a damn dime. Right, and that's the other problem. Sometimes, and, what happens is this, <clears throat> and this is the real lesson here. In your life, some folks are going to tell you no, and they're going to keep telling you no, and they're going to keep you. They're going to put a ceiling above you. They're going to make sure that you stay underneath that ceiling. While they're growing, they want you there. That's called stagnation. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it's not just- That was a company of stagnation. Yeah, it was a company of stagnation. And I've been around things where people will just just live to stunt your growth. And you know what's so funny? I would like to say maybe for some people, like the Sasha Banks and the Dean Ambroses and maybe the Randy Orton's, you didn't hear it from me. Maybe they feel stagnant, and the person that's stagnating their growth is Vince. Because, and I, I'm glad you made that reference because stagnation can be anywhere mm-hmm. in life. And the most unique thing about this whole situation is that Vince is the fucking problem. And this is what Dean Ambrose didn't mm-hmm. blame the writing team. He blamed Vince McMahon. He blamed Vince McMahon, and it comes to what we've been saying on shows for a while. Vince is the fucking problem. He needs to get out the way. Yep. Let H spread his people out. Get rid of Kevin. You can't say a wrestling show can't be produced without Kevin Dunn because AEW produced a wrestling show without, without Kevin, Kevin Dunn. Dunn. And some of these people were ex-WWE staff. So yep. we know it can be done. Mm-hmm. NXT is not produced by Kevin Dunn. Nope. That's produced by H and them. Yep. So I know you got to get out of here. Right. I know this would be, we, we, we ran our mouths for about mm-hmm. 40 minutes. Did your person leave already? That's them calling you. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end the show here. Mark, I thank you once again. Well, no I, doubt, dog. And let me close this out properly before you hit them up. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I don't remember the number, but the number is going to be when we put the show up. This is Wrestlers with Experience. I'm Dietrich Davis. Mark Morell. 
and we thank you for listening to another episode. Uh, we'll, next episode will be general talk on wrestling, and we're going to get back into dark side of the ring content. Smoke on the face by the fearful partner. Life is shit, NATO. Smoke my umbrella. Boys back, turning the slacks to all yellow. Prick, it's a daily lick. A slip goes with a grin that we can kill shit. Top of our backflip, eat from the river. The panther heart talk to talk by smart chicks. Sip pure venom and skip away grinning. I put that on mom, she ain't razor. Pick. No fuck, not sick. Piss on your whip, dismiss your whole shit. Live from the stage of the garden. We be the realest of the killers of the fuck shit squadron. Moving through.